Chapter Seventeen of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant. Translator unknown. Chapter Seventeen, the Final Plot three months had elapsed georges duroy's divorce had been obtained his wife had resumed the name of forestier as the walters were going to trouville on the fifteenth of july they decided to spend a day in the country before starting the day chosen was thursday and they set out at nine o'clock in the morning in a large six-seated carriage drawn by four horses they were going to lunch at saint-germain bellamy had requested that he might be the only young man in the party for he could not bear the presence of the marquis de cazolles at the last moment, however, it was decided that Comte de la Tour Yvelin should go, for he and Rose had been betrothed a month. The day was delightful. Georges, who was very pale, gazed at Suzanne as they sat in the carriage, and their eyes met. Madame Walter was contented and happy. The luncheon was a long and merry one. Before leaving for Paris, Duroy proposed a walk on the terrace. They stopped on the way to admire the view. As they passed on, Georges and Suzanne lingered behind. The former whispered softly, Suzanne, I love you madly. She whispered in return, I love you too, Bellamy. He continued, If I cannot have you for my wife, I shall leave the country. She replied, Ask papa, perhaps he will consent. He answered impatiently, No, I repeat that it is useless. The door of the house would be closed against me. I would lose my position on the journal, and we would not even meet. Those are the consequences a formal proposal would produce. They have promised you to the Marquis de Cazolles. They hope you will finally say yes, and they are waiting. What can we do? Have you the courage to brave your father and mother for my sake? Yes truly yes well there is only one way it must come from you and not from me you are an indulged child they let you say anything and are not surprised at any audacity on your part listen then this evening on returning home go to your mother first and tell her that you want to marry me she will be very much agitated and very angry. Suzanne interrupted him. 
oh mamma would be glad he replied quickly no no you do not know her she will be more vexed than your father but you must insist you must not yield you must repeat that you will marry me and me alone will you do so i will and on leaving your mother repeat the same thing to your father very decidedly well and then and then matters will reach a climax if you are determined to be my wife my dear dear little suzanne i will elope with you she clapped her hands as all the charming adventures in the romances she had read occurred to her and cried oh what bliss when will you elope with me he whispered very low to-night where shall we go that is my secret think well of what you are doing remember that after that flight you must become my wife it is the only means but it is dangerous very dangerous for you i have decided where shall i meet you meet me about midnight in the place de la concorde i will be there he clasped her hand oh how i love you how brave and good you are then you do not want to marry marquis de cazolles oh no madame walter turning her head called out come little one what are you and bellamy doing they rejoined the others and returned by way of chateau when the carriage arrived at the door of the mansion madame walter pressed georges to dine with them but he refused and returned home to look over his papers and destroy any compromising letters then he repaired in a cab with feverish haste to the place of meeting he waited there some time and thinking his lady-love had played him false he was about to drive off when a gentle voice whispered at the door of his cab are you there bel ami is it you suzanne yes ah get in she entered the cab and he bade the cabman drive on he asked well how did it all pass off she murmured faintly oh it was terrible with mamma especially your mamma what did she say tell me oh it was frightful i entered her room and made the little speech i had prepared she turned pale and cried never i wept i protested that i would marry only you she was like a madwoman she vowed i should be sent to a convent i never saw her like that never papa hearing her agitated words entered 
he was not as angry as she was but he said you were not a suitable match for me as they had vexed me i talked louder than they and papa with a dramatic air bade me leave the room that decided me to fly with you and here i am where shall we go he replied encircling her waist with his arm it is too late to take the train this cab will take us to sevres where we can spend the night and to-morrow we will leave for la roche guillon it is a pretty village on the banks of the seine between mantes and bonnieres the cab rolled on georges took the young girl's hand and kissed it respectfully he did not know what to say to her being unaccustomed to platonic affection suddenly he perceived that she was weeping he asked in a fright what ails you my dear little one she replied tearfully i was thinking that poor mamma could not sleep if she had found out that i was gone her mother indeed was not asleep when suzanne left the room madame walter turned to her husband and asked in despair what does that mean it means that that intriguer has influenced her it is he who has made her refuse cazole you have flattered and cajoled him too it was bellamy here bellamy there from morning until night now you are paid for it i yes you you are as much infatuated with him as madeleine suzanne and the rest of them do you think that i did not see that you could not exist for two days without him she rose tragically i will not allow you to speak to me thus you forget that i was not brought up like you in a shop with an oath he left the room banging the door behind him when he was gone she thought over all that had taken place suzanne was in love with bellamy and bellamy wanted to marry suzanne no it was not true she was mistaken he would not be capable of such an action he knew nothing of suzanne's escapade they would take suzanne away for six months and that would end it she rose saying i cannot rest in this uncertainty i shall lose my reason i will arouse suzanne and question her she proceeded to her daughter's room she entered it was empty the bed had not been slept in a horrible suspicion possessed her and she flew to her husband he was in bed reading she gasped have you seen suzanne no why she is gone she is not in her room 
with one bound he was out of bed he rushed to his daughter's room not finding her there he sank into a chair his wife had followed him well she asked he had not the strength to reply he was no longer angry he groaned he has her we are lost lost how why he must marry her now she cried wildly marry her never are you mad he replied sadly it will do no good to yell he has disgraced her the best thing to be done is to give her to him and at once too then no one will know of this escapade she repeated in great agitation never he shall never have suzanne overcome walter murmured but he has her and he will keep her as long as we do not yield therefore to avoid a scandal we must do so at once but his wife replied no no i will never consent impatiently he returned it is a matter of necessity ah oh, the scoundrel how he has deceived us but he is shrewd at any rate she might have done better as far as position but not intelligence and future is concerned he is a promising young man he will be a deputy or a minister some day madame walter however repeated wildly i will never let him marry suzanne do you hear never in his turn he became incensed and like a practical man defended bel-ami be silent i tell you he must marry her and who knows perhaps we shall not regret it with men of his stamp one never knows what may come about you saw how he downed la roche mathieu in three articles and that with a dignity which was very difficult to maintain in his position as husband so we shall see madame walter felt a desire to cry aloud and tear her hair but she only repeated angrily he shall not have her walter rose took up his lamp and said you are silly like all women you only act on impulse you do not know how to accommodate yourself to circumstances you are stupid i tell you he shall marry her it is essential and he left the room madame walter remained alone with her suffering her despair if only a priest were at hand she would cast herself at his feet and confess all her errors and her agony he would prevent the marriage where could she find a priest 
where should she turn before her eyes floated like a vision the calm face of christ walking on the water as she had seen it in the painting he seemed to say to her come unto me kneel at my feet i will comfort and instruct you as to what to do she took the lamp and sought the conservatory she opened the door leading into the room which held the enormous canvas and fell upon her knees before it at first she prayed fervently but as she raised her eyes and saw the resemblance to bellamy she murmured jesus 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 while her thoughts were with her daughter and her lover she uttered a wild cry as she pictured them together alone and fell into a swoon when day broke they found madame walter still lying unconscious before the painting she was so ill after that that her life was almost despaired of monsieur walter explained his daughter's absence to the servants by saying to them that she had been sent to a convent for a short time then he replied to a long letter from duroy giving his consent to the marriage with his daughter bellamy had posted that epistle when he left paris having prepared it the night of his departure in it he said in respectful terms that he had loved the young girl a long time that there had never been any understanding between them but that as she came to him to say i will be your wife he felt authorized in keeping her in hiding her in fact until he had obtained a reply from her parents whose wishes were to him of more value than those of his betrothed georges and suzanne spent a week at la roche guillon never had the young girl enjoyed herself so thoroughly as she passed for his sister they lived in a chaste and free intimacy a kind of living companionship he thought it wiser to treat her with respect and when he said to her we will return to paris to-morrow your father has bestowed your hand upon me she whispered naively already this is just as pleasant as being your wife end of chapter 17 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey